Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? This show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. And sitting in the Annabelle chair this week, it's Annabelle Ford! Hello! Welcome back! Thank you! I'm so happy to have you back. I mean, I very much enjoyed all the guest hosts, but it's just wonderful to have you back. So, people are desperate to know, hmm. like, how, how is it all going? Tell us about your experience of motherhood so far. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> Come on, let's all just be honest. He's ten weeks old, he doesn't sleep, the nights are torture, the days are lovely. I um I don't think I told this story on the podcast, but a few weeks ago, my wife and I decided that we were going to go and over go over and visit Annabelle, mm. and our main purpose in doing so was to let you get some sleep. Yeah. So we decided we we're going to decamp to your house, and we'd look after Rudy. We'd bring Jean over. Uh, we'd look after Rusty Scruff, the teddy bear king. Mm. I remember him? Oh, vaguely. <laughs> Just an irrelevance <laughs> oh, in your life now. Poor Rusty. Um, and, and then you could go to bed for a bit. So we turn up. And it's just one of these days where Eugene is so boisterous. He's just like pulling everything off your shelves, <laughs> all the congratulations cards, <laughs> and whatever. He's, he's just being chaotic. So I have to send Sarah home with Eugene. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. And then I stay and I say, you go and sleep for a bit, Annabelle, and I'll mm. hold Rudy. Mm. And Rudy's one of these babies who can't be put down. Yeah, it has to be held at all times. And if, yeah. if he's being held, he's very happy. He's lovely. He'll yeah. sleep. Yeah. But the point is you've got to be holding him. Mm. So I have a lovely time. I just sit there watching TV, go on your Sky Plus, mm. um, and work my way through some stuff that you've recorded. Yeah. And then a couple of hours into you sleeping, I feel a rumbling in my stomach. <laughs> yeah. I think, oh, no, I need to go to the toilet and I need, need to go number two. And... They say about the early, you know, early couple of months of parenthood that you forget about it. Mm. And there's even speculation that it's evolutionary because if you remembered how awful those first two months of having a newborn were, you would never have another baby and the the, the species would would die out. So as a result of that, I have forgotten how to go to the toilet 
with a baby. Oh, okay. Because he can't be put down. So if I just put him down on the on the floor on a yeah, mat yeah. or something, he's going to lie there crying. That's going to wake you up. I've forgotten how to go to the toilet without a baby. Right. I wouldn't know what to do with my hands. They'd be flailing about. <laughs> so I go and use your loo, <laughs> holding your son at the same time. You're the only person that I don't mind doing that, by the way. <laughs> really? Anyone else who was doing a number two while holding my baby, I'd feel a bit like, Ooh, but... but what would you rather me do? No, no. And... For some reason, I don't mind you doing it at all. Yeah. So so I, I, managed to, I managed to get it done. You know, as as if I'm an amputee, just <laughs> using using the the one hand, yeah. and I feel a sense of accomplishment until I go to flush the loo, mm. and I immediately see there's there's more that needs doing here. Okay, fine, yeah. And you're not somebody who owns a toilet brush. No, I'm not. No. So I can't I can't do that with a baby in my arm. Uh. So I think here's what I'm going to do. I'm close and close the bathroom door. And then when I hear you stirring, Mm-mm. I will then. Um, I'll then hand Rudy over to you, and I'll go and you know come back and finish what I started. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that, that's what I do. I go back and sit on the sofa, mm. and then I hear you get up, and you must have gotten up very, very quickly because the first thing I hear mm. is you go to open your own bathroom door, yeah. which then just sends me into this <laughs> blind panic, and I shout, "Don't go in there! Don't go into your own bathroom!" That's so weird. Like, what were you thinking at that up, point? I just woken up, and you were just shouting me not to go in. I couldn't understand why. I just didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But well, maybe you just left Rudy in there and shut the door and you didn't want to be caught. <laughs> um, so apart from being exhausted, mm. your, your mental health, is every, everything sort of... Stable. Sta- stable. Yeah. As good as can be expected, I think, yeah. Great. I think that's, you know, that's that's what we want to hear. Yeah. But it is it is a beautiful thing, isn't it? No, oh, it's lovely. It's 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 profoundly beautiful. Yeah, it's like nothing you could have ever ever expected it to be. Yeah, it's very it's different to what I thought. Yeah. So I was in a taxi um, a week or so ago, hmm. and the taxi driver asked if I got kids, and I said oh, I've just got a, a son. He's um, nineteen months old, and the taxi. Oh, isn't it the best thing? Isn't it the best thing? I mean, just the love you have for him. It's not like anything else, is it? The way you love your own children. It's not like anything else. It's just oh, it's just beautiful, mate. It's just something you just you can't understand that until you have kids of your own. I mean, some people adopt kids, but it's not the same, you know. <gasps> and I'm no. just sitting there thinking, at what point should I mention that I'm adopted? That point, <laughs> which I don't. Oh. I just let him sit and let him go on with himself. What's he going, thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's not the same, is it? You I mean you, your own flesh and blood? You really oh. love them. I mean, you know, people adopt these kids, and you know they have nice lives. And what? It's not the same, <laughs> is it? Again. So, so yeah, d- yeah, probably just due to not wanting to have small talk. I don't bring up the fact that I'm adopted. You didn't go. Oh yeah, I can't understand that either. How could you love them as much? You didn't. <laughs> As long as you didn't do that to make him like you. I did kind of nod a little oh, bit. Yeah. There are some things that move down the stream. Some of them are called Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's coming past you and on the sale is written G-L-A-P, which stands for GLAP. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. The organization. Adrift. Annabelle, it is so wonderful to have you back. I've missed you so much and there are all these different ways in which I'm just delighted to have you back. But the main way really is because you're so much better at handling the email admin than I am. Well, I I never thought I was very good at it until I saw what happened since I've been away and the (laughs) chaos that it's been left in. Yeah, okay. It's good that I'm back. Um, I I am somebody. Let me just grab my phone because I can give you the actual number. In my personal email... 
I currently have let me. 110,610 unread emails. Say that number again. 110,610 <gasps> unread email messages. Wow. Yeah, it's quite something, isn't it? So it's lucky, really, you've only been off for 10 weeks or whatever it's been. Because can you imagine the disarray if you took proper maternity? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, mm. so my my point being that we we can see this week as a reboot to some extent. Yes. So... Um, if you if you would like to send us a story, we would welcome it. I'll talk through some of the topics we've got on the go in a few minutes' time. But um, now that Annabelle is back in charge of the email, uh, we, we almost need to draw a line <laughs> <laughs> between what went before and now. Okay, okay. So, yeah, you can email hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is from Neil. Here's my story of crushing awkwardness, which still punches me in the stomach on occasions apropos of nothing. In 2003, my then-girlfriend's grandpa was very ill in hospital. He'd got some circulation problems, which they were trying to stop reaching his heart, so they were resorting to all kinds of horrible stuff. One of the days we went in to see him, he'd had a leg amputated, and things were not looking good. My girlfriend was clearly in bits. She loved her grandpa. He was an excellent gentleman. She plucked up the courage, between sobs, to ask a nurse whether we should be concerned. And now, whilst I blame her a little bit for what happened next, there's not much excuse for me in the situation. I seem to have a faulty filter which falls off when high emotions are abound. She asked the question, is he dying? But she didn't phrase it like that. Her choice of words was terrible. The recent procedure maybe had done some NLP mind mastery on her. (laughs) Remember, he just had his leg amputated. The words she used will remain with me forever. I'm shuddering as I type this. Is he on his last legs? <gasps> Without missing a beat, I barred into the conversation with, oh, pardon the pun, <laughs> and left everyone so surprised slash disgusted that the question was left unanswered. He died the next day. Oh, my God. So bad. Really good. I love the sort of, um, the kind of, it's a bumbling Britishness is the stereotype of feeling the need to go, oh, pardon the pun, everyone. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I mean, we should... Um, we should throw that into the topics, like trying to make something better and actually making it worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and maybe even sort of like handing handling terrible news inappropriately. Oh yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this is from Alex. He says this is a story that haunts me. I went to an all boys secondary school, which had a girls one next door to it. When I was in year seven, not long at the school, I was walking in, keeping to myself, and one of my classmates nearby called over to ask if I knew the girl he was walking in with. I said I did not, despite the fact we had been to the same primary school a matter of months before. She, rightly, insisted that we did, but I had become so fearful of the opposite sex that I feigned amnesia, shaking my head with much abandon. (laughs) I power walked off with an increasingly red face and avoided eye contact with both the other parties for many years to come. (laughs) Stubborn refusal uh, to admit something was a lie is probably another one we could get into. Oh, and this is from Kerry. I think he refers back to the dog story in episode 17. So that was last week's one, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I would know you wouldn't since you didn't bother listening to it. Yet. Yet is the word there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My wife and I were in Edinburgh. And, as like so many other couples, we went to walk up to Arthur's seat. For those who don't know, it's a large hill a little outside the city. The morning had started off with rain, but by early afternoon, the clouds had started to lift. 
We headed up under grey skies and had a lovely time chatting and admiring the beautiful Scottish scenery. All was well with the world and when we got to the top, we stopped for the obligatory pictures. It was on the way back down that things took a rough turn. There are a few ways to get to the peak and we decided to take a different route down than the one by which we'd ascended. Which I understand. Like I don't like I, I, I don't like going back the same way that I came. Yeah, it makes it up a bit. Yeah, a, circu- a circular route is good. Yeah. Exactly. The grass was muddy and the trails slightly less clear. The sky was getting darker as the bad weather closed in once more. We were around a third of the way down the climb when a dog came bounding up to us. His owner had thrown him a tennis ball and he dropped this mushy, saliva-covered monstrosity at my feet. He then trotted off as if expecting me to throw it. I'm not a bad person, Jeff. I don't have a heart of stone. That dog might not have been able to speak, but he was asking me with his eyes to toss that ball for him. I did the only thing a reasonable human being would and picked up that disgustingly filthy ball. I can still remember the sliminess on my fingers, but by that point, I was in too deep. I reeled back and I threw that ball over the dog's head. I thought it would be a little chase for him, something fun, but no. That ball hit an upward verge and instead of rebounding, it did something that must surely prove Einstein's theory of gravity has a flaw somewhere (laughs) along the line. Instead of heading back towards me and the dog, it bounced up vertically, somehow flipped backwards and promptly disappeared over a ridge down a deep, deep drop. I froze. My wife froze. The dog's owner froze. It was as if the world had stopped, except the dog did not freeze. It was as if that creature was possessed. It was his favourite ball and there was no way he was letting it go. He raced up that slope and hurled himself over the other side, diving off the top like a dolphin cresting the waves. <laughs> In those few seconds, I honestly don't think my heart bothered to beat. It was game over. The worst thing I've ever done in my life. It's not even close. I remember my wife looking at me with only shame in her eyes. I didn't blame her one bit. I'd killed a dog in front of its owner. And then, miraculously, like an angel ascending from the depths, (laughs) the dog reappeared over the ridge, ball in mouth, tail wagging enthusiastically. You see, beyond the grassy ridge, completely out of sight to us, there was another patch of muddy grass. It wasn't even that big a drop. The dog was, thankfully, absolutely fine. The owner styled it out as if she knew there was a second patch of grass there. I myself have never quite recovered. I've never thrown a ball for a dog since, and I'm not sure I ever will. My wife still reminds me, however. Remember that time you nearly killed a dog? Yes, I remember. It's burned into my very soul. I, I got the same feeling during that story as if I'd just watched a really good film. Yes, I, I totally agree. It. It's brilliant. It yeah. So good. Uh, we can throw that in as well. Inter- interactions with animals and children gone awry. Let's, okay. let's throw that too. Um, so we would love to hear from you. We need to restock the email reservoir now that Annabelle's back in charge if you have a story so those things that we just talked about there were handling terrible news inappropriately trying to make something better and actually making it worse um, stubbornly sticking to a lie and we, we will expand your failed interactions with other human beings to include um, animals and children. So anything on those, as well as the usual kind of shyness is nice and pretending to know what you're doing, uh, social situations gone awry, blurting things out, the lengths you've gone to to avoid things, all this stuff, please. 
send us your story. We would love to hear from you. Email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jeff Lloyd, Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Germans. Adrift. I have missed the stories that you prepare for us. Oh, thank you. Um, so, which begs the question, have you had time to prepare a story? I have. Uh, what will you be telling us about today? Okay, so I'm going to take you back to 1999. I'm in my mid-20s. And I'm living in Mexico while teaching English as a foreign language. Not because, as I said before, I had any passion for teaching or the English language, just because I don't know what to do with myself and in my life. So I'm living in a town called Leon, which is about four hours north of Mexico City. And the only postcard you could buy there had a picture of the bus station on it, suggesting the only attraction there was the ability to leave, <laughs> which I can agree with. So it's the Christmas holidays and I've got two weeks off leading up to New Year's Eve. But it's no ordinary New Year's Eve. It's the big one, the millennium. And we've had Prince singing about how tonight he's going to party like it's 1999 for 17 years at this point, mm. since I was seven. There was a lot of pressure to have a good time, isn't yes. there? So I plan a trip with a fellow teacher, Lucy. The only problem is she can only go for a week of it as she's flying back to the UK for good on Christmas Eve. So I will actually be spending Christmas Day and the millennium on my own. But that's okay because I've travelled on my own before. The plan is I'll be in a laid-back beach resort, popular with backpackers and surfers on Christmas Day. And then for New Year, I'll head to the city of Oaxaca and find the party. (laughs) Those words are completely alien to me now. But (laughs) let's remember I was 24. Do you know the girl in this story? (laughs) She is just a stranger to me, a total stranger. So the first part of the trip was with Lucy and we go to Acapulco. And we know what you do there, right? You mm. go loco down in Acapulco. That's right. Because we learned a lot about songs from the 80s. Yes. So we go loco. And then Christmas <laughs> Eve morning, my friend leaves and I buy a ticket for a bus to the laid-back beach resort popular with backpackers and surfers. But I book it in my terrible basic Spanish, which leads me to buy a ticket for the wrong bus. So instead of an air-conditioned direct bus that takes five to six hours, I'm on a rickety, no air-conditioning bus that detours and stops in every rural village on the way, taking eight to nine hours in unbearable heat. And I definitely have a memory of a chicken being passed through a window at one point, (laughs) but the rest are blocked out. So finally I arrive at the beach resort, which is at the end of the line. I'm dying. I haven't eaten the whole time. Right. I haven't been to the toilet either. I grab my bag from the overhead rack and head off to a cheap hotel. I get there, throw my bag on the bed, and I open it. And the first thing I pull out is a child's Rugrats t-shirt, which is obviously not mine because I don't carry children's clothes around. That'd be strange. The next thing I pull out is an old-fashioned once-white bra belonging to a larger lady. Also not mine. And then what appears to be some child's homework I pull out. And my brain is really struggling to process it. Though. Why is all this stuff in my bag? And then I look at the bag again, and it's the same as my bag, just a more faded version. I've got the wrong bag. So I run back to the bus station. The bus is still there because it was the end of the line. So Mm. maybe I'm thinking the larger lady and the rugs rat's child will be there also holding my bag. We can do the swap. Everything's fine. But there's nobody there but the bus driver. So I point inside the bus because maybe my bag's still in there. And I'm saying, por favor, mi bolsa, mi bolsa which to him is just a sweaty, exhorted woman holding a bag while saying, my bag, my bag. <laughs> he eventually lets me on, possibly out of fear. I check all the racks, nothing. My bag is gone. There's been a mix-up. Who knows which chicken fields village my bag has ended up with its Zara wardrobe, <laughs> full range of toiletries and my diary. I go back to the hotels. You kept a diary? I did keep a diary. Until what age? Um, mid-twenties. Am I in any of your diaries? No, I wouldn't have known you then. Am I not 
<laughs> that's your question. <laughs> Am I in it? And will you read the extracts back to me? <laughs> so I'm back at the hotel. All I've got, I've, I've got this big bra, a Rugrats t-shirt, my passport, purse, and the clothes and underwear that I'm wearing. And it's Christmas Eve. I go to bed. Next day, Christmas Day, I buy a toothbrush, toothpaste, some deodorant, and I have breakfast on the beach. I last a, a couple of days. Mm. Then I do go to Oaxaca and I last another couple of days, which is something of a miracle because I'd hyperventilate now if I'd just left my face serum at home. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really close to the millennium and I'm getting really tired of the clothes I'm wearing. And I make... does, does that include the Rugrats t-shirt? I'm not wearing that. It's <laughs> like a six-year-old. Well, maybe I could have squeezed in. <laughs> I've made no friends I, I and mean, I haven't found the party. So I decide to go back to my flat in Leon. Now, when I go back to the town I'm living in, all the other teachers have gone home to family or are visiting other areas in Mexico. And I've only been living there a couple of months or so. So I know at this point one other person there. It's a guy called Primo, which translates as cousin. So a guy called Cousin. (laughs) And he runs a bar. So on New Year's Eve, I call him up and he says to come over. And I am actually joined by someone else at this point because it turns out a new teacher has just arrived. And it's a middle-aged American man called Frank, who I think was Mormon, but he might just have been from Utah. Right. So as the clock strikes midnight and we enter a new millennium, I'm in a bar with Frank the Mormon, a guy called Cousin, and two other people. That is it, because it turns out the Mexicans celebrate midnight with their family at home, and then they go out. So it's just like the four or five of us. Eventually, Frank and I leave and go to a club, which feels so weird to me now. Like, How did I get him to go to a club? And we do some dancing, and we walk home at about 3am. And at one point, as I walk down the middle of a road, I notice people cheering around me on both sides of the pavement. And I wonder if they're applauding my resilience and daring do. <laughs> and I look up and we've somehow walked over the finish line of some kind of running race, maybe a marathon. <laughs> I don't know. But there are other more pressing questions like why is there a race being run at 3am on New Year's <laughs> Eve? I can't answer that, unfortunately. I never found out. And while I'm not sure that any of this is what Prince had in mind when he sang Tonight I'm Going to Party Like It's 1999, I did later speak to a friend who spent her Millennium Eve in London around Trafalgar Square, where the facilities were so limited and overcrowded, she had to do a poo in the street. So I think Prince meant that even less. Hi, uh, do you mind if uh, just signing on this uh, clipboard? Uh, it's just $4 a month. You can give money to this charity and then uh, it will just come straight out of your bank account and then we can turn into an evil corporation and take over the universe and then kill babies and small children and women. Jeff Lloyd, um, Annabelle Port, Adrift. I need to tell you about my big decision. Oh, go on. So we're recording this a week to the day uh, before Christmas and... I'm not going to send any Christmas cards. Oh. As long as you've known me, I've been a big Christmas card sender, you right? You are. A massive one. And, you know, with um, you know, with things being a little tight and so on, I thought, I'm not going to do it this year. And here's my reasoning Go behind on. it. Yeah. So either people won't notice that they haven't had a Christmas card from me because you get so many Christmas cards, so like, who cares? Mm. Or they will notice. Mm. And I think, God, what have I done to upset him? Oh. And then they'll start being really nice to me. Oh, well, that works. Because they'll favor. worry that they've upset me. Yeah, surely. So I recommend this as a strategy to everybody. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's what I'm doing. Maybe I'll do Christmas cards next year, mm-hmm. depending on how it goes with Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> do you see? See, oh. I've got in the time you've been off, I've become a lot more comfortable about asking for money on Patreon. Thank God. <laughs> I spent some time with somebody, uh, Greta from NPR in Chicago and she taught me how to do it. Oh, okay. So I think 
people enjoy this podcast. Even that feels still unnatural to me. Like my brain's going, tolerate, they tolerate it. <laughs> but if they enjoy it enough to to spend some time with us, then people want to feel invested in it. They invest their time. Some people are happy to feel invested in other ways if, if they're able to. So if you are willing to donate just a small amount of money uh, every month or a large amount if you are, as it turns out, um, a philanthropist, mm. you know, yes, you could be having a wing of an art gallery named after you, but no, why do that when no. you could be um, making sure that Annabelle and I can afford to send Christmas cards next <laughs> Christmas? Um Anyway, so, yeah, we really appreciate your support. And if you enjoy supporting the podcast with your ears, then it'd be great if you're willing to support it a little bit with money as well. Go to patreon.com stroke adrift. That's patreon.com stroke adrift. Um, and some stuff to address around that is there are all these different rewards for our different supporters. And that's all kind of been on hold while you've been off. Mm-hmm. But we've got to get on with that now. So, and if you are our bottom level supporter, which entry level, bottom sounds a bit uh, dismissive, doesn't it? Entry level is much better. Yeah. Entry level supporter of $2 a month. Annabelle will bestow upon you a title mm-hmm. uh, and it, it goes right up. It includes things like deleted scenes and um, a video message on your birthday yep. and extra podcasts a couple of times a year, podcast parties just for Patreon supporters and so on. So we're going to get on with those. Yep. Um, I'm not quite sure what our schedule is going to be over the next two or three weeks. So I think this will be the last podcast until after Christmas. That would work for me. <laughs> because otherwise it would involve you coming around on either Christmas Day or Boxing Day. Yeah. Which wouldn't work for you, I'm guessing. Yes, because I'm not around. Yeah. yeah. So I think we'll skip a week next week. Okay. Which makes me feel a little bit weird. Because you've not skipped a week yet. I haven't skipped a week no. yet. And of course, when we're doing the radio show, you know, we, we would skip occasional weeks. Occasional? <laughs> As many would say, endless weeks. <laughs> Look, I, I think we were at least there for three quarters of the year. Three quarters. Yeah, I think you're probably right. <laughs> I think yeah. it probably was seems three like quarters. A lot, yeah. It does. Um, so I don't think there'll be a podcast next week hmm. but check your feed just in case look hmm. there's not going to be, be one don't do it the week after i don't am i am i around i think i'm not back to the second so you're back in it's good that we're talking about this now <laughs> <laughs> so you're, doing, gonna... you're actually checking your calendar now so no i'm i'm, I'm just around oh yeah i'm not back to the second god you're so uh you're so busy compared to me so that would mean I'm, i take it you don't want to come over on the second oh i could do Right, there, there we go. We'll miss a week, yeah. which will be the 27th, yeah. and then our next podcast will come out on the 3rd. How does oh, that okay. sound? Yeah, yeah. Great. Good. We've uh, might not be till the afternoon because I'm like driving back on the morning of the 2nd. Is that all right? Yeah, okay. it's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we're doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no podcast next week. We'll be back on the 3rd. Okay. Uh, so back on the 3rd. And please, if you would like to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, stroke adrift. Oh, there was something with Patreon. Did you read about it? No, what? They started charging people extra to process their donations. No. And um, loads of podcasters stopped using it and people protested. And basically, they've gone back to doing it the way they were always doing it. Oh. Because of the people protesting. Good. I didn't protest because largely I didn't know it had happened until <laughs> after it happened. Right, okay, but, fair enough. But yeah, uh, patreon.com stroke adrift get with it get with it get with it with 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 get with it adrift adrift with jeff lloyd and annabelle port i received a tweet the other morning it came from horsenberger okay and horsenberger is somebody on twitter who makes art 
that resembles the old CFAX stroke, Oracle stroke teletext pages. Oh, nice. Do you remember when you used to play things like Bamboozle oh, or read Bamboozle. Deb's Diary oh, or that the, stuff? My two favourites. And I think there were pages on there which were just sort of CFAXy portraits of famous people. Mm, they were, yeah. So anyway, Horsenberger has, has gotten into doing portraits of people and mm. found a picture of me online. Yeah. And has turned it into a teletext portrait. Oh, can I see? Yeah, you can. So I'm going to show it to you. What I'm going to do is slowly reveal it to you as if it was teletext. Mm. <laughs> so you're ready. Here we go. <laughs> so There's he's the holding forehead. some mints over it to gradually reveal it. Oh, There's my glasses. Oh, Isn't it great? It's amazing. Keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> that's amazing do you not think there's a stark difference between the top half of the portrait and the bottom half so I was very happy with the top half yeah. and then something seems to go quite awry from the moustache downwards I, I didn't like to say I think it's because um, what it's done is put the grey of your beard in but it looks like you don't have a beard or a bottom half of your mouth I also think there's something weird going on with my teeth. And I understand like you yeah. are limited yeah. by what you can do on Teletext. It's like building a portrait yeah. out of Lego. But even so, so I went from being extremely happy with it yeah. to being quite traumatised. It looks, for the bottom half, you look more like a ginger Noel Edmonds. Yes. Yeah, yeah it has but, got a touch you know, of the Edmonds to it. I don't like to criticise it, seeing as you did it out of kindness. Anyway, the reason I bring it up <laughs> is it's an unwanted gift essentially. And that's something people are dealing with at this time of year, unwanted Christmas presents. So I thought I would look at the etiquette of that in this week's The Incident. The first person I talked to was 85-year-old Barry from Watford. You might know him from Ian Lee's and Steve Wright's radio programmes or the excellent Angelos and Barry podcast. We had a tangerine in a stocking if you were very, very lucky. Mm. Uh, mostly in those days, people were coughing up blood, so <laughs> there wasn't a great deal of, you know. We had uh, we had all sorts of things. We had um, lovely. I got a lovely stick one year to keep my legs straight for because the, the rickets. Mm. And then uh, you know, one year we oh my goodness, we used to, I it was so wonderful in the days, the true spirit. We used to go into the parlour and listen to Churchill, you know, mm. what he was doing in our parlour, I don't know, you think never water run. But we <laughs> you know, and then my dad would get my mum uh, an advent calendar, open her flats uh, flats for every morning. And it was a really wonderful, beautiful time. I mean, you didn't get all this rubbish now. GT, uh, you know, uh, COD, what's it called? Um, Call of Duty, nothing like that. Call of Duty, Second World War. We had the real thing, mate. <laughs> me, Nick. Do you, do you think there's any advantage, you know, in the film Love Actually, uh, they yes. use the line, at Christmas you tell the truth, which I've never heard that anywhere other than that film. <laughs> but do you, do you think there's any advantage to being direct with somebody about what you think of the present they've just given you? Uh, no, I think dishonesty is the best policy <laughs> always. You want to keep everyone sweet, don't you? I mean, I don't want my Margaret's uh, sister Irene turning up at the door. Imagine that. Hello, Barry. How are you? Happy Christmas. I don't like you. 
and I'd like you to go home. That's what I'd like to say. But it's old, you know. You have to go in for a kiss and all that sort of thing. No, I don't think honesty is the right. You know, Margaret's brother, Frank, is so mean. You know, I don't have to come round. Hello, Barry, I brought you a bottle of wine. Well, Frank, it's a miniature for a kick. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't do it. You've got to keep people rubbing along nice. So I might get a ton of sh- of stuff, you know, for Christmas from the family. Oh, thank you so much. An air freshener for the car. I'm not going to say I don't want this muck in my car, which, I, frankly, I remember giving to you last year. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dishonesty is the best policy, my friend. There is a story of unwanted gifts that's much closer to home for me. This is my wife, Sarah Barron. On my 35th birthday, my parents were in town. This is before we had a baby. And you said, like, oh, I have to do a thing Like, I just need a little bit of time, actually, to set up your gift. And I said, okay. And I was like, should we go out? Should we? And you were like, no, no, no. I think it's it's like 30 minutes. So, okay. So, I'm sat with my parents down in our living room. Two and a half hours later, you're like, the gift is ready. So, now there's there's been this very uncomfortable two and a half hour period or two hour period. What are you writing? I'm, I'm just doodling as I listen to you. So, so the point is, it's this very uncomfortable dynamic, which I'm sure someone can identify with, which is like, you're getting a gift ready, which is so lovely, but you said 30 minutes and we're sort of sat downstairs kind of killing time. And 30 minutes turns out to be like two and a half hours. And we're kind of trying to be like, Jeff, should we go out or just, but, but you're obviously getting frantic doing a thing that's taking longer. And you sort of over the course of two and a half hours say, it just, I'm just, it's, it'll be ready soon. It'll be ready soon. It'll be ready soon. So it's finally ready. And I, I come upstairs and in what is now our baby's bedroom, but was then sort of like this empty depressing room depressing room for people who wanted a baby but couldn't have one it was this room that people would come round and it's like yeah they're childless and we know that they'd quite (laughs) like a baby and it seems to be a struggle for them so they've tried to make this little room next to the bedroom (laughs) so in that room you had set up a drum kit for my 35th birthday you'd gotten me a drum kit and not only that you had found me a drum teacher who is going to come over and teach me to drum. And this had been based on the fact that while I was still living in New York, I'd like taken some kind of exercise class <laughs> that involved like some kind of athletic drum. I can't even remember well, what so it that, was. So that was the inspiration, but many times over the time we'd known each other. I had other, said, I think I'd you be a good said, drummer. I think I would be a good drummer. I would be a good drummer. And when I took this exercise class, she was like, oh, you're a professional drummer. Because I was so good at the physicality <laughs> of it. And I was like, oh, no, no. And then I think I, t- I was like, so this woman thinks I'm like a professional drummer. So you had gone and gotten me this really thoughtful, very expensive. It was very. It was a very thoughtful gift. Gift. Like it wasn't what what it wasn't is some people. Sometimes when people give gifts, they just think, "What would I like to get?" And they give that thing, and they don't think about the other person. No, I'm sorry if you give really your gifts are really thoughtful. Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) So I see the gift. 
And I'm, it's very thoughtful. And at this stage in our relationship, I know how you are. So I know that if I don't deliver for this gift in terms of how I'm responding, it's going to be real rough on you. And I, I'm, but the thing is, part of what I feel internally is I'm like, I'm not a hobby person. Like, I'm not someone who has hobbies. Like, if I have free time, I mostly sit around and read a book or watch television. You get, you exercise. And that's, I exercise. That's a hobby. Is it a hobby? Yeah. Anyway, I'm not someone who gets into, I'm not like, I'm going to take a cooking class. Oh, I'll learn a new musical instrument. Actually, I'm not that person, really. And I saw, so basically, like, I saw this. So, like, a future of oppression when I saw the drum kit. But I also thought, you know what? No, this is good. Get outside. Try something new. Like, it's really good to learn new skills as an adult. That's supposed to be, like, really good for your brain. This will improve you in all these ways. So I start taking drum lessons. And I take them from May when my birthday is. And then we go away on holiday in September. And I remember in September... Like being on holiday and thinking the thing that it was most nice to be on holiday from was having to practice my drums. <laughs> and I thought, I think it, for me to not tell Jeff this will be is like a real bad thing in our marriage if I just like for years continue studying the drums. So I said to you, I need to say something. I, I feel like the thing I'm most dreading is practicing my drums. So it was such a thoughtful gift, but I think that's something I should say out loud. And to this day, based on the fact that, as I told the social story, you've been staring at the ground, essentially. <laughs> when other when you interview other people here, do you sit and doodle? It's not – like, I'm shocked you've even asked me about this because the, every sense I've ever gotten from you on the subject of the drums is that it is not something to be joked about because it's been so painful for you. <laughs> And that is my painful story. This Christmas, if you receive a gift that you don't like, never let the other person know, even if it involves becoming a classically trained percussionist. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is warm and friendly, and you like it. And that's why you're here. You were the one that pressed play after all, with your thumb. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You have a lovely thumb. So the worst thing that has happened to me in recent days is a friend of mine put a video up on Facebook, and it's a safety video um, making sure you keep your Christmas tree hydrated. Okay. Um, otherwise, it can go out up in flames very quickly. What? It gets and it, thirsty and it goes up in flames? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, if you, if you don't keep it properly hydrated, it really dries out, you know, if it's too close to the radiator or whatever. Yeah. And and then what you've got is basically a highly flammable Christmas tree. Okay. Because it's dried out. Yeah. 
So if something has moisture in it, it's more difficult for it okay. to catch on fire. Still feels unlikely. <laughs> well, well I'd, I'd never given it a second thought. And yeah. then I watched, and it's this horrific split-screen video of a hydrated Christmas tree and a non-hydrated Christmas tree, both in a living room. And the one that's got moisture in it is burning very slowly. <laughs> and it's like a, a fireball, the other one. And now I've just become extremely paranoid about my Christmas tree. Did it say in the video how it caught light in the first place? Like someone smoking next to it or something? <laughs> they did. They like, did. no one smokes in your house. I'm just wondering how the fire's going to start. I don't know. I'm like, now I'm paranoid. Like, what if one of the lights blows up on it or something? Also, can we stop talking about trees being hydrated? Can we, can we, <laughs> can we talk more about them not having enough water? <laughs> hydrated. But I'm so paranoid now that I'm constantly going down there with a, a jug of water and just like giving it a bit more. Although, I'll tell you something that, um, Last year, we had somebody come in and sweep the chimney so that we could have a fire mm. over Christmas. And he was looking at the Christmas tree and he said, you know what you want to do um, with that to, to keep it hydrated? I said, what? He said, bottle of our whites. Yes, I remember this. Yeah. So our whites, lemon, and it has to be our whites. So will, will, will the tree be hydrated properly, considering it's not just pure water? I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's hydrated and then its <laughs> sugars are up. Oh, yeah, You've got to keep your sugars up. Yeah, yeah. You don't want your, your sap sugar to go low, do you? Good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, that's been preoccupying me in in recent days, mm. and I've been like even thinking about the presents that are under there. Does that if I shake it, does it, does it sound flammable? <laughs> does this feel like a flammable object? Um, I tell you what, would be a lovely non-flammable Christmas present for mm. for someone. Yeah, a podcast recommendation. Oh, what a great one! <laughs> non-flammable. Oh my God! <laughs> if if you just listened to that last segment and thought, God, what if my Christmas tree is dehydrated and has low sap sugar? Yeah. Um, then then you know don't don't go put in something for your friends and family members that that could go up in flames. Why not just Dangerous. deliver to them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something that lives in the ether, can't catch on fire. Podcast recommended. Because you know money. Because <laughs> you know yeah. really, it's what Christmas is all about, right? Recommending just this 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 podcast. This podcast. I think the spirit of this podcast yes. is, is what Christmas is all about. Yeah. Adrift, adrifting, adrifter, naughty. Adrift. I've had approximately fifteen phone calls from my mother over the past couple of weeks. Oh yeah. And um, she's she's delved into the world of online shopping. Okay. And she's trying to choose what she should get my son, Eugene, who's now 20 months old, for um, Christmas. And she basically, she knows that he likes the TV show In the Night Garden. Mm. So every question she's asking me is about In the Night Garden. Does he like the Nicky Nonk? It's called the Ninky Nonk, not the Nicky Nonk. Um, what about Iggledy Piggledy? No. It's not Iggledy Piggledy, it's Iggle Piggle. Yeah. Um, and she's she's obsessed that... She's going to get him lots of things to do within the night garden, which is nice. Mm. But it's one of those things that can become become a blight as you get older. If you come defined by liking one thing, right. then that thing becomes the present that people always get you. Yeah, I know yeah. you have a touch of this. Yeah, yeah, definitely with pigs. Yes, talk, which I do. I do like getting pig stuff. Yeah, but I think I probably to my dying day I will get still get it because people will buy you pig mugs. Yeah, which piggy I, I, banks, do, I, mean, I do like pictures which, of pigs. You and beetles must be the same. It is me yeah. and beetles, and and like so we're sitting in the room we do the podcast in at the moment and this is the room where my wife lets me have my Beatles things out on display <laughs> and I do sometimes worry that it looks like um, a Beatles themed branch of the Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> and do you not feel that same thing about your own house and, and pigs sometimes um, yeah maybe that and John Travolta <laughs> 
which is my other thing that I get bought a lot of, yeah, which I also like. <laughs> I wonder if there, there's somebody else in the world who, amongst their friends, is known for liking those two things. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's unique. <laughs> That would be weird if you went into somebody else's house and it was just all full of John Travolta memorabilia and, and pig I artifacts. feel like I'd found my soulmate. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I know when we were on the radio, I told this story every year, but it's Christmas, like old chestnuts. Chestnuts belong to Christmas. But I remember one year when I was a little kid. Um, so as, as anybody who listens to this knows, I don't like sport. I'm not interested in sport, mm. football, any of these things, even though my family are. Um, and yet for some reason, uh, at some stage in my childhood, I decided that I'd latched onto Manchester City more than Manchester United. <laughs> right, yes. So I, I liked, maybe it was just pref- I preferred the blue and white to the red and white. I'm mm. not sure. So anyway, there was this one particular Christmas morning. My mum would always get us like a little extra something. So I would have got whatever my present was, which was Star Wars, which I would have known it was coming. Okay, yeah. Um, and then uh, and then there'd always be a little extra something. So I get this extra something package and it's quite big. And I unwrap it and it's a tracksuit. Mm. And it's not even a football-themed tracksuit, but it's, it's red and white oh. as opposed to blue and white. Yeah. And I just... <laughs> burst into tears like i didn't even care about football and yet i decided that i preferred manchester city to manchester united and this felt like some kind of betrayal or the wrong thing i'm just sitting like those precocious charges i don't want it i don't want it i wanted a blue and white one i don't want a red and white one like horrible and then it was at the same time that um i guess blue peter were doing an appeal for the famine in Cambodia. Oh, yeah. And my mum said, uh, all right, well, well, I'll take it away and I can send it to the children in Cambodia then. And straight away, I stopped crying. I went, oh, no, I want it now. <laughs> and what it wasn't, it wasn't that she made me realise my privilege. Mm. It was that it was mine. <laughs> and the idea of another kid having it. So they're not having it, it's mine. <laughs> Truly the spirit of Christmas yeah, there. Absolutely. Where are you spending Christmas this year? Um, at Tom's mum's house. Okay, and then um, you are meeting your mum and dad and you're all going to be staying in a cottage with your yeah. sister yeah. and um, and your nephew and niece yeah. and Rudy and Tom. And Rusty. Are you, oh, Rusty's coming as well. <laughs> Rusty, <laughs> we yeah, I remember him. Home, yeah. Yeah, um, how, uh, how anxious are you about you all being in a confined space for a number um, of days? Well, we did it last year at Christmas time and I think yeah you don't want to go past five days that's for sure but up until then it's fine five I think five is quite long I think two to three oh, okay. is the optimal time yeah yeah okay probably yeah because by day five things fall apart isn't there a saying about um, house guests and fish oh go on that it start to go bad after or start to smell after uh, I think okay. three days um, so my big question is mm. does this mean that this year your dad Robin Port doesn't get to do his f- famous oh. Christmas morning uh, Christmas morning japes. Yeah, I feel, I feel like maybe that's been a while because I, I, I haven't been there for a couple of years. But yeah, he would do the thing where ever since me and my sister were little, he would, well, not since we, yeah, since, probably since we started going out on Christmas Eve more and sort of sleeping in late, he would do a thing where he would get out his Barbara Streisand record, uh, which was a Christmas theme record and has on it a particularly unique version of the song Jingle Bells, which just goes like this, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. Like, that's how it sounds anyway. It's really over the top. I'm not even worried about like us breaching copyright by having you sing that <laughs> on the podcast because it sounded so unrecognisable. No, that's exactly what it sounds yeah. like. So check copyright laws. <laughs> and what he, what he would do is he'd put it on very loud on the record player 
And then realising that it wasn't waking us up enough and it wasn't irritating enough because it's the world's worst song, he started getting extension leads for the speakers and extending the speakers from the record player to where to the bedroom where me and my sister were sleeping so he could put the speakers right outside the door. And that was how he would wake us up as teenagers at Christmas. I love that because it's such such a sort of quintessential dad deliberately going out of his way to annoy teenagers. And I've, yeah. I've loved that story for a long time. Mm. But there was one year where you were so sick of me getting you to repeat that story yeah. every year. I said I don't want to say it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sick you of it. a meltdown. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this story. It's like Radiohead when they refused <laughs> to play Crete. That was how it was with you and the, uh, yeah. and the Barbara Streisand story. Yeah. And that was our podcast. Thanks for coming back, Annabelle. Oh, I love coming back. Is, is any part of you thinking, I should have left it a bit longer? <laughs> yeah, every time I open my mouth. But, but I've enjoyed getting out of the house. So. And you, you didn't even bring Rudy with you? No, no, not this time. Uh, Maybe next time. Okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't left him home alone in case social services are listening, though. Are you going to get him something for Christmas? What's the point? Don't you think? So I, I, I remember this from last year. So on one hand, I'm thinking, what's the point? Mm. On the other hand, I'm thinking, but it's your baby's first Christmas. And mm. like maybe in 20 years, I'll look back and say, how do you remember his first Christmas? But we have to be honest, I don't remember anything about last <laughs> Christmas. I remember what we got him. <laughs> okay, okay. So, you know, uh, but I don't remember anything. If you think about your own childhood, yeah. if you go, to go through the actual years... I mean, how many of your Christmases can you can you remember specifically? Probably in, actually none of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that one tracksuit story and, mm. and that's it. Mm. So maybe, maybe, you know, you don't need to get your kids Christmas presents is the moral of the story. I'm going to be the terrible parent who just gets some things that he needs, like some new vests, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> we would love to hear from you. Annabelle is back and she is on it with the email so um, we're after your story please if you've got a story about failed human interaction or we've widened it out to include animal interaction anything to do with your uh, um, own social ineptitude then email us hello at adriftpodcast.com And rate reviewers on iTunes, even if uh, even if it's futile and your review isn't submitted, I think it's good karma for you. And that's why I'm asking this. I'm just thinking about your karma all the time. And of course, over Christmas, you're spending time probably with friends and family. You've got this extra time. People have extra time that they could be spending listening to podcasts. I mean, think think podcasts are a great thing for diffusing. Um, tension over Christmas yeah there's any tension just put this on yeah just put your headphones on yeah. and tell other people to do the same mm. we need listeners thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident my advisors this week were Barry from Watford there are 86 episodes of the Angelos and Barry podcast currently available and they're going to be doing a live show at the Museum of Comedy in London in the new year. I tried to Google the exact date but I couldn't find it anywhere but Barry assures me that it's happening. And my other advisor was my wife Sarah Barron. I'm not going to go on about what she's up to but you can find her on Twitter. Uh, she is at Sarah with no H, Barron with a double R. Sarah Barron, no H, double R. 
Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox made our iDents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Carla Gowlett took the photos and Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And finally, thanks to Frank the Possible Mormon for taking Annabelle out on Millennium New Year's Eve. Merry Christmas, Frank. And to all listeners everywhere. Adrift. Adrift. Okay, this comes from John Corzelius. This is the dawning of the John Corzelius. Yeah, good. I won't do any more of that just in case I fall foul of copyright laws. Yeah. But it was good, right? So good. But you missed that kind of thing. I missed it so much. That's why I came back early. I've got some great news, by the way. What is it? So I live in an area of London called Stoke Newington. Mm. And people call it Stokey. That's its nickname. Yeah. I can't do that. I don't feel comfortable. Mm. Maybe if I lived here 20 years, I could call it Stokey. But I feel, you know, it's like when you don't know somebody that well. Yeah. You can't use their nickname. It yeah. feels weird. Yeah. Anyway, the reason I mentioned that is guess what's opened around the corner? What? Stokey Karaoke. You are kidding no. me. No. You don't need to leave your own area anymore. I know. It's so exciting. That's a great name. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, this John Corzelius, who says, Dear Jeff and Annabelle, hello once again from the American flyover state of Oklahoma, where Trumpian inanity finds an embarrassingly enthusiastic audience and one's expressed devotion to Christianity remains the predominant catalyst between a life of social acceptance and that of a social pariah. Hello! Hello! <laughs> um, uh, he says, I really should be working for the Oklahoma Department of Tourism, right? I'll leave it to you to guess my social standing. Too bleak? Yes, you're right, of course. Better days ahead, surely. Mm. It, it, it will. Things get better. Yeah. Sorry, Annabelle's brought um, some peanut butter M&Ms with her and somehow I've ended up with stained fingers and I can't concentrate until I get lick them off. Lick them off. It's a bit better. You could have rubbed it on your lips to do a lipstick like kids do with Smarties when they're little. Oh. Yeah. Well, sure. Is there any left? <laughs> very very pink, your lips now. Nice. Um, I've waited until now to request a publication for the new show because I wanted to give you a chance to build some positive momentum before crashing in and lowering the tone with my pathetic codswallop thesaurus uh, um, i admit it i was lucky enough to have managed one last podication to you both in the final few days of the radio show i was grateful that you included me it was a bittersweet moment what proceeded after that dark day in april was a long summer of misery spent reconfiguring my mindset around the fact that my far off pod friends jeff and annabelle were no longer a part of my daily life of course i can hear you saying jeff that there is a world of podcasts out there any number of which are better quality and more interesting in content. <laughs> this this is um this is good. He's doing my work for yeah, me. Yeah, I know. Um, I know you're right in saying this because I listen to many excellent podcasts, but I missed you nonetheless. Perhaps I have questionable taste and stroke, or am easily won over by inclusive British radio personalities. Yeah. We are in, in, inclusive. If anything, we're inclusive. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know the the radio becomes. It's, it's a long way in the rearview mirror at this point. I don't know. Uh, there, there is a point at which we can't describe ourselves as radio personalities <laughs> anymore. 
I do still struggle when people say, what do you do for a living? Oh, I had to, I had that recently with the birth certificate. Oh, really? You have to put your occupation. So I what did, what I did didn't you know, put? I did not know what to put down. I spent ages thinking about did it. Did you put podcaster? No, tell me what you think I should have put and then I'll see if I got it right. I bet you put writer. Right. I put writer and presenter. Yeah. Well, that's, See, that's kind of true. Kind yeah, of true. Yeah. I mean, if you'd have put aspiring in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of writing, mm. we need to address an issue here. Which is? Which is your book. Yeah, actually, that comes up in the Oh, well, I'll, I'll read on them. Yeah. Um, I dutifully subscribed to and rated the podcast immediately per your request. I asked my daughter... Hannah to do the same, though she was, of course, not a fellow drifter. I even commandeered my wife's phone and assumed her identity to give you a further boost. <laughs> this oh, is wonderful. Yes. Uh, this, however, spanned the breadth of my social sphere, I'm afraid. I then turned my attention to your Patreon page and pledged my monthly financial support. I did this for two reasons. One, I believe in supporting the creators of things I love. And two, I really, really want you to both like me. Oh. We are kindred spirits, you see, Jeff. Oh. You would be proud to see me in action with weight stuff and the like. Good to hear. And now I'm just like thinking, I'd like to go to Oklahoma now <laughs> to, to show my appreciation. Yeah. If you want to fund it, John... oh. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I've always enjoyed John's email. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. John's one of us. Yeah. I think if you listen to this, you're probably one of us. But John, John, I know is very much one of us. Um, when m- my wife Melissa asked how much I'd given, I told her, and she said, "Well, that's nice." When she later realised that my pledge was monthly, well, let's just say it's a good thing she loves me as much as she does. I attempted to sway her by appealing to the list of rewards that accompany my level of support, but somehow my excitement about these rewards fell, in the words of Frank Skinner, on stony ground. I do feel confident, however, that when my birthday card arrives in the mail in October, she will see the light. Perhaps then she will allow me to increase my patronage even further so that I can fulfil my dream of having a life coaching session over Skype with you both. (laughs) I'd look around the house wondering what I could sell in order to increase my support to the very top of the heap and thus earn this prize. But alas, it was to no avail. I know that feeling. I've been like looking around thinking, is there anything I could sell (laughs) recently? I did it. I did a car boot sale. How much did you make? Uh, £160. Why are you writing that down? I don't know. Do I owe you money and said I couldn't afford to pay you back? (laughs) Uh, Maybe I'll get a second job. For now, I will eagerly await my card. I have a frame selected for it, so no pressure, Annabelle. One last thing. In the subsequent weeks that followed my asking Hannah to subscribe to and rate your podcast, the impossible has happened. My beautiful, intelligent 22-year-old daughter, Hannah, has become a fellow drifter. Oh, Hannah. This is so beautiful. This Crossing is... the generations. Oh, it. It's too good. Um, I can't believe these words as I type them. I'm no, no longer allowed to say that I know of no one else who listens. I suddenly find myself in the minority of all minorities. Therefore, I feel it incumbent upon me to request this podication for my beloved Hannah, um, who I recently referred to as Hannibal. <laughs> And her children, my two grand puppies, Atticus and Styles. Great names. Let's hope this honour will keep her hooked for at least a while longer. Hannah, thank you. Please, please, uh, both for your dad's benefit and for ours. Even if you do stop listening, just pretend that you pretend that you're carrying on listening. Oh, please, yeah. Well, so you know, if your dad says which was your favourite bit 
of the most recent episode say, oh God, I can't believe Jeff said that thing or whatever. And that would apply to any episode. Covers them all. Yeah. Um, Being an American, I couldn't possibly select a title for myself. I will leave any such bestowal to your capable imaginations. Thank you for enduring my ramblings. If ever anything interesting happens to me that fits neatly into one of your ongoing threads i will not hesitate to contribute for this email i can only hope it's survived intact because annabelle has forgotten her marker back at absolute <laughs> many thanks all the best wishes john cozelius well you did have a little scribble on it. it's not the blue biro is it you used no no I, no I said i said though i i started to scribble that out and then because it was a bit me 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 and then i said but no I actually do read it and that's the bit about the book oh okay um well, well let's me. go back to it yeah. while awaiting the new podcast in the depths of my despair one bright spot did appear in my inbox a couple of months back annabelle yes annabelle herself emailed regarding doing some things with her upcoming book a book i was only too happy to have contributed towards i'm sure i don't need to explain to anyone how exciting this was i successfully resisted every urge to gush and make a fool of myself i feel i represented myself quite well all in all and i can't wait to receive my copy of annabelle's book ah now, John is one of the VIP faces of the book, which means that his photograph's in the book. And he looks a lot like Steven Spielberg, as it is turns that right? out. Yeah, I might reference that. That's a good look. <laughs> it's a great yeah. book, yeah. So, do you have anything to say about oh, your book? Oh, God, the book. So, I've got actually got some physical copies of the book, so I can say it does and will exist. But I feel really bad because I'd said to everyone that you'll definitely get it before Christmas. And I think a lot of people bought it out of kindness thinking they'll just fob it off to like some auntie or something that they don't like and as it turns out i've been told there are warehouse problems no there's not been a fire at the pressing plant has <laughs> kind there? of so it doesn't look like it's going to be delivered until early next year but i know when it's going to be in the shops i say change the subject quickly april the 19th oh day before my birthday yeah yeah, I'd asked for a copy for my birthday and they already supported it. So yeah. presumably I'll get one. You'll get it in January. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm really sorry about that because I feel really bad that I said it was coming before Christmas. But yeah, well, I mean, what can I do about warehouse problems? I could go, go down there with the forklift truck myself, but I don't have a license. <laughs> so what can I do? But uh, you, you, you didn't know. You weren't just like hoodwinking people saying, oh, yeah, you'll get it for Christmas. No, I mean, only, only in the last couple of weeks that I've been made aware that, that now that's not going to happen. And have they given you a date? No. Okay, but, yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later. Surely. I mean, they, I know it exists. I've seen a copy. Here's what I think. Hmm. I think it's good that it's coming out after. We, we had Jane Fallon um, did one of the weeks while you were off. Yeah. And she said that sometimes it's good for things to come out just after Christmas because things can get a bit lost yeah, that's true. And you know, you can, you can get overwhelmed by all the tat that you give them for Christmas, and and mm. and then to have something arrive in January, mm, yeah, where you've had a bit of time to take stuff to the charity shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not even saying it's January. I don't even know if it is. Hopefully. Maybe it will be a romantic Valentine's. Oh, you're, I can see from your face you're very embarrassed about that. I am embarrassed because I was just really hopeful that, and I don't like to say something's happening and then it's not. But what can I do out of my hands? All right, so I think we're done here. If you would like a podication, we we um, we certainly need some. I think I managed to ruin the whole podication system of storing email. Yes, I will have to go back and uh, <laughs> sort that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will be happy to dedicate a future episode of the podcast to you. Uh, you can email hello at adriftpodcast.com and we will be back 
with the next episode um, on the 3rd of January, which means have a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Anything to add? Uh, yes. Happy Christmas and Happy New Year from me too. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.